Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins and welcome to Life, Death and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium and here we explore life, death, consciousness and what it all means. Today I have Sharon DeBartolo Carmack who is a certified genealogist with an MFA in creative nonfiction writing. She received a certificate in demonstrating mediumship and an advanced academic diploma from the Spiritualist National Union in the UK. To her knowledge, Sharon is the only person in the US to have credentials in both mediumship and genealogy. Sharon is the author of 27 books, including the biography In Search of Maria B. Hayden, The American Medium Who Brought Spiritualism to the UK. Her newest book just released, Midlife Medium, A Genealogist's Quest to Converse with the Dead. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you, Amy. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for everybody who has supported the podcast. So there's so many ways you can support the podcast and the work that I'm doing. One, you can spread the word about the podcast. So share the podcast with someone you know, repost my anything on social media. If you are a therapist listening to the podcast and you have a client who you think would benefit, share it with them. This podcast has grown completely organically. I've never done advertising. I've never done anything to boost the podcast. It is all because of you all sharing the podcast. And we are coming up on a million downloads, which is amazing. Other ways that you can support the podcast is through Patreon. So if you would like to become a patron, you can go to Patreon, put in Dr. Amy Robbins. You can find different tiers to support the podcast at the $5, 10 or $20 level or any other denomination. And my $20 supporters do get once quarterly Zoom calls with me. They've been fabulous. For a while, I was doing them for all the supporters, but now I am closing that down to just the $20 a month supporters. I really want to honor those who are really committed to supporting the podcast. So thank you so much. And I just want to point out what a difference this makes for me. The podcast is just supported by me. Uh, I don't have advertisers yet, although I would love some. I don't have sponsors, although that would be great. So right now the, the podcast is supported by you all. And I'm so grateful if you benefit from the podcast, if your life has shifted or changed as a result of the podcast, please help me continue to help you have on these great guests. Also follow me on Instagram, Dr. Amy Robbins. I love hearing from my listeners, trying to do my best to be quick to respond. And lastly, rate, review, and subscribe. That is super important. Um, podcasts show up in people's algorithms is by other people subscribing and rating and reviews being higher. I also love reading the reviews so you can rate the podcast, but you can also review the podcast. Thank you all for all of your support, for all of your love, for all of your helping to collectively raise the consciousness of this planet. I am so incredibly grateful. Here. So I loved reading your book because we have sort of similar paths. We came to them differently, but mm -hmm. I'm very curious, starting with what is a genealogist? Because in the book, you talk about how it almost feels like it was a natural progression to go into mediumship. So can you talk a little about that? 
Well, I've been a certified genealogist for 33 years and a, a hobbyist genealogist before I turned professional. And what that is, is tracing your family history, tracing your ancestors. And I feel that genealogists have a natural connection with their ancestors, whether they call themselves mediums or not, whether they think of themselves as mediums. Because typically in a family, there's only one, maybe two people really interested in researching their ancestors. And so I feel those ancestors are reaching out to those people because they want to be remembered and they want their lives remembered. So that's why I think it's a natural progression for me as a genealogist to then become a medium. So how, what does this look like for you in terms of your journey? Because most, not, I shouldn't say most people, but certainly for me, I was open to mediumship because I had this experience of being visited. But you really took this on as like a career path. Like you decided you wanted to be a medium and you, it seemed like things, spirit did sort of put things in place for you. Um, but you also really took the bull by the horns. So what did that look like for people who are maybe interested in their own path? Sure. Um, I was 56. I was kind of at a crossroads in my genealogy career. I'd published tons of books and lectured around the world and, and had uh, written, like I said, a lot of books about genealogy and family histories and that sort of thing. And so at 56, I was kind of at a crossroads and not sure where what I wanted to do with my career and the rest of my life. Maybe some might call it a midlife crisis, but midlife at 56 means I'd live to, what, 112? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so I was watching TV and flipping through channels, came upon the Long Island Medium and and was captivated by her. And I thought, wow, I wonder if anybody can become a medium. I'd always believed in ghosts, and I'd always believed there must be something afterwards, but I'd never had any experiences myself as a child, or no one appeared at the end of my bed. I called for them to do that. I did the Ouija board. <laughs> I was trying, but yeah. nothing was working. <laughs> so at 56, that's when I decided I wanted to be a medium. And as a researcher, my natural inclination is to research how do you do this? So I turned to books and found books on how to become a medium. But all of them talked about the importance of, of being in a development circle and having a mentor. Well, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and this is a Mormon state, a predominantly Mormon state. And even though they do believe in a spirit world, they don't necessarily talk about mediumship or believe in mediumship. So I could not find a development circle at that time. I couldn't find a mentor. I So I took it upon myself to learn because I was struggling, because Honestly, mediumship cannot be learned just from reading a book or several books. Um, I started down different paths trying to develop my mediumship and connect with the spirit world. And so I became a Reiki master teacher. I studied shamanism and all in the hopes of becoming 
a medium. And it wasn't until I found uh, a development circle and found a teacher that it really opened. I mean, the spirit world knew I was trying, <laughs> but I didn't have any anyone to guide me. And it wasn't until that that things really opened up. What? What is this notion of spiritualism or spiritualist circles, churches, and how does that differ? Like even I, as I was reading your book, I found my mind opening up a little bit more because hearing spiritualist church makes me bristle a little. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so what, what was that? Okay. First of all, let me explain what a spiritualist church service is like. It typically opens in prayer, and most spiritualists are not Christians. It's a non-Christian religion, although there are Christian spiritualists as well. And so the service opens in prayer to God, the universe, whatever that higher power is. Then there's typically an inspirational talk, an address. The medium is inspired from the spirit world to talk about their topic and to impart a message to the entire audience. And then there are usually demonstrations of mediumship Mm. because spiritualism, modern day spiritualism began in 1848 with the Fox sisters in upper New York. They heard rappings on the wall and they developed a method of communication by using the alphabet. They'd call out a no rap move on to B, no rap, move on to C. So like a Ouija board. Yeah, a pre-Ouija board is exactly what it was, only it was oral. It's called calling the alphabet. And eventually, when Maria B. Hayden went to England in 1852, she used what we today would call a Ouija board. It was a piece of cardboard with the letters of the alphabet and the numbers. And so that was the birth of modern spiritualism, and it eventually evolved into a religion, as well as a science and a philosophy. But I feel the same way you do when I hear the word church. (laughs) Kind of like, no, (laughs) I spent too many years as a Catholic in church, and it's nothing like that. Absolutely nothing like that. So what was this process like for you? Can you just describe kind of what the different things you did to prepare yourself to become a medium? I think often people like, I don't know, I never watched Teresa Caputo, but um, Kim Russo, you talk about as well. She's the happy, she's the happy medium, right? Uh, Is that the happy medium? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, I think so. Yes. Some people say they knew from the time they were born Mm -hmm. you know they they had imaginary friends they had spirits they talked to spirits that was not you that was not me what were all the different things that you did to set yourself up to be successful with this career new career as I said, as a child I tried all sorts of things to talk to the dead from the Ouija board to you know calling on burning candles and calling on them. It's like, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> they wanted nothing to do with me. So when I read all these books and everything else, the turning point came when I attended a conference of the Forever Family Foundation. And they had what's called an afterlife conference at the time and with speakers, uh, mediums, scientists, 
uh, psychologists, all different types of people from all walks of life, talking about different aspects of communication with the dead, after-dead communication. And it was at that conference that I spoke with a couple and told them my problem of trying to become a medium. And they said the quickest way to open up and to develop is to do healing work. Well, unfortunately, they didn't explain to me (laughs) what they meant by that, that in spiritualism, healing work is different from Reiki and some of the other healing modalities. So I didn't know that. And so I started researching just spiritual healing, I think, or just healing. And that's when I went down the Reiki path. That was excellent because it helped me heal my soul. It helped me form the discipline of meditation um, because I was a horrible meditator prior to that. And so it really helped with my discipline in my training. And when I still wasn't able to communicate with the spirit world, that's when I felt drawn to shamanism. And so I studied with a shamanic practitioner. Well, that was good, not only for continued healing, Uh, Also opening me up psychically more than Reiki did. I just couldn't figure out how are mediums doing this? It looks like all they do is is think about it and they've got a spirit person there and they're able to communicate. And it's like, how do they do that? I don't, you know, you read about raising your vibration, you read about all that, but it's like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, So then how do you know when you're there? And how do you know when you're there? Exactly. So then um, my father at the time lived in Florida and we planned a two week visit to him. And he didn't live that far from Casadega Spiritualist Camp, which is the southern version of Lilydale, which is the, the first spiritualist camp in the United States. And while we were there, they were offering some classes in development. And that's when everything clicked. The teacher then said, spirit is your best teacher. So once I did a demonstration and got it right and knew I could do this, knew the spirit world was working with me, I then embarked on my own spirit training. And my goal was to do 100 free telephone readings, knowing nothing other than the person's name and their telephone number. So I contacted a friend on the East Coast, a friend on the West Coast, and said, do you know of anybody who wants a reading with the understanding that I'm training? Mm -hmm. And within six or seven, eight months, whatever it was, I had done 100 free readings. I was horrible. I had bad habits because I had no training. Mm -hmm. I I was just a a 15-minute reading took me an hour Mm -hmm. because I had no training. The only people I had to emulate were Teresa Caputo and Kim Russo on television. And as we all know, they edit out. (laughs) Right. I so resonated. I so resonated with that when you were talking about it, because that I did the same exact thing. I put myself out there. I opened, I had been doing training, but then I stopped and put it on a shelf for quite some time. And I called it my spiritual internship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And same thing, one month turned, I offered one month, one month turned into three months and like 40 readings later, Mm -hmm. I was slow as molasses. 
Yep. <laughs> yep. There were these long pauses. I'd have to tell people on the phone, I'm still here. Cool. You know, this was before Zoom. Right. <laughs> so, so they couldn't read phone. your they body language. Right. I, you know, they'd say, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> I'm waiting. And I didn't understand you don't need to wait for information. You can, you should form a communication with the spirit person because it's just a person and you form a communication with them so you're not waiting for information and uh, i teach a circle on the spiritualist national union international on tuesdays and i teach my students how to get the information rather than sitting there and waiting and having these long pauses for information mm -hmm. so it, it's it's been uh, a long journey but also a fun one and a lot of unexpected things happening <laughs> so okay so you did that and then and then what happened because you were sort of in this place of okay well those are taking forever and the information is coming through very slowly mm -hmm. then i found the spiritualist national union international the American spiritualists don't, or they didn't at the time, I don't know, I haven't looked at it, didn't offer anything online. If you weren't in their church or a member of their church, there was no training for you. There was no way to get certified. There was nothing. And so I happened upon the UK Spiritualist National Union International. And for like 30 bucks for a year, I had access to all the classes I wanted, all the services all the lectures, everything I could possibly want. And I happened upon a fabulous teacher, Margaret Challenger. Unfortunately, she's not teaching on SNUI anymore, but she's exactly what I needed. She taught me the discipline. She taught me so much on how to be a good medium and broke me of all my bad habits <laughs> that I had learned on my own. And from there, I was able to learn about other teachers and take other classes. Hi, everybody. I have a new offering that a few of you have taken advantage of so far, and it is a spiritual consultation. So, so many of you had reached out to me with like questions or wanting to know how to open up more, wanting to know, you know, what you should do in this area of your life or that area of your life that I thought I would just try to offer a new way to connect with me. So these are spiritual consultations. They can be 30 minutes, an hour, an hour and a half. And in that time, we talk about kind of what questions you have, whether it's about opening up more spiritually, whether it's about something in your life. And we really kind of come to an understanding and a conclusion about what the next steps you need to take to achieve that are. Again, this is new to me. I've done a few of them. They are phenomenal. I am so enjoying them. It is not a therapy session be clear. It is not a therapy session. It is not a medium reading. It is somewhere in between. We incorporate meditation and intuition and manifestation and intention and all of this in like a very brief period of time, but it has been extremely powerful. And the people that have done it have walked away feeling like they really had something tangible that they could carry with them and help them move their life forward. So if this is something you're interested in, please reach out to me. I don't have a lot of spots for them. So I'm only doing maybe one or two a month, 
but keeping a wait list for those who are interested. So you can find that on my website, dramyrobbins.com, and you can go on there and click on spiritual consultation. I will get you scheduled. It might be a month or two out, but I am trying to get everybody who's interested in. So go ahead and check that out. If you have any questions, just email me about it through the website as well. What changed for you? What shifted in your skills? Like the first time you did this, it took an hour. Mm -hmm. How did you start to learn to invite spirit in to answer Mm -hmm. the questions? And Mm -hmm. then how did your life change as a result? Well, what I learned on SNUI is you don't need to ask spirit any questions. Spirit will tell you what they want you to know. And if you feel like you're like, I would have these long pauses, I was waiting for information. Now, when I don't feel like I'm getting information, I'm mentally saying to the spirit, tell me more, tell me something else. And I don't have a lot of time. Let's get on with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because in a public demonstration, you only have about seven, eight minutes tops per demonstration. Uh, Otherwise, then it becomes a private sitting. So you have to work quickly. And so I learned how to open my heart. Um, In the back of Midlife Medium, I talk about mediumship from the heart. And a lot of mediums work with their solar plexus or they work with their crown chakras or whatever. And if it works for them, more power to them. It didn't work for me. Once I started following the heart math, which is has absolutely nothing to do with mediumship, but ha- mm-hmm. has a lot to do with working from the heart, then my mediumship really opened up because I'm more clairsentient. I see pictures, I hear words, but I feel and know more than anything. Mm-hmm. And that was the key to turning it around as well as learning how to deal with a no. And that's what I teach my students. It, The biggest thing in mediumship and becoming a confident medium is problem solving. You have to know immediately when somebody says no, why they're saying it and how to correct it. Someone from the other side saying no. No, your recipient saying no. Ah, okay. Okay. If you're if you give a piece of information, mm-hmm. you say no to me, I have to immediately be able to problem solve and figure out why is she saying no to me? Mm-hmm. Am I Nine times out of 10, the medium has misinterpreted the information, but it could also be the recipient just doesn't remember what you're saying. You have to phrase it in another way. Um, You have to jog their memory. There can be a dozen different reasons you get to know, but being able to solve the problem in the moment is what makes for a confident medium. Mm -hmm. And I think too, this is part of why I don't practice it because I'm I never took as much time as you did to devote to really (laughs) developing it yeah is that when you hear that no the ego it very easily kicks in and and then you're out of communication with spirit and you're in ego and then I think it just gets murky and messy and Well, and that's where the training and discipline come into the picture. I'm trained as I train my students as everyone who learns either from the Arthur Finley College in England or on SNUI, we're trained to deal with the nose. I welcome the nose. I, you know, I'm not surprised when I get a yes. 
I am surprised when I get a no, but I know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. I know how to go back to spirit and say, okay, she gave me a no. What do I need to do next? What to give it to me another way, put it another way for me. Mm-hmm. And once you have that confidence, that problem solving of being able to deal with the no's, it's no longer scary because every medium gets no's. No medium is 100% accurate. None. You may have a very good reading where you were 100% accurate during that reading or that demonstration, but not every reading goes that way. Mm-hmm. Not every reading goes that way. And it takes training and discipline. There are people who are natural mediums. There are also people who are natural uh, musicians who play piano, but they get training and they get discipline. Right. In and they order, practice. And they practice. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the way it is. I mean, someone who's been a medium from like Margaret Challenger, my teacher, she was a medium from the age of two and her mother was a medium. <laughs> How lucky can you be? Right. Right. <laughs> but well, her mother, right. But her mother taught her training and discipline to be a really good medium. Well, and I think it's like anything, right? We all have a propensity for a skill set that is going to likely make us really good at something and not at another thing. Exactly. You have a propensity for numbers and you are an accountant or, um, but you, that doesn't mean you can't also learn how to be really good at that. It's just going to be a little bit like it was for you. It right. took a little longer and it required right. more, more effort and more discipline exactly. to do it. Exactly. Exactly. But by the same token, once I found uh, instructors and circles on SNUI, I unfolded very quickly. And it was like spirit says, oh, you're like 58 now. <laughs> we better get busy. Right. <laughs> right. We don't have a lot of time left with you. <laughs> So, you know, it doesn't matter what your age is. If you have the passion and the inclination to put in the the time, the discipline, you can do it whether, because I believe everybody is born a medium. I believe this is an ability, not a gift. Mm -hmm. And everyone has the ability to do it. Not everyone has the drive to put in or the dedication to put into the training mm-hmm. and the discipline for it. What does it look like now with your genealogy practice? Do you still have a genealogy practice? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I, I still do. My genealogy business is more helping people write their family history than it is doing research for people. My husband's also a genealogist. Mm-hmm. He does the research end of our business. I do the writing and the mentoring for people who want to write their family history. What I tell people um, is that the communication, just like when I communicate with somebody I don't know in the spirit world and I do a demonstration, it's not like talking to you. You know, it's not like a conversation here in the physical world. And so when I write about ancestors, I my intent is to work with them and to have them inspire me to look at certain records or to write their story a certain way. It's not like hey, look in the 1850 census on page such and such in this state and you'll find me. It's not like that. (laughs) It's how they inspire me to look at records, to look at records and search for them more creatively than someone might normally know Hmm. how. So interesting. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Can we do can we do a little speed round? Spirituality means spirituality means getting out of your head means getting out of the physical world and connecting with your spirit team, your loved ones in spirit and your ancestors in spirit. What is something most people don't know about you? I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm incredibly lazy. You don't sound so lazy. You, you really pursued this mediumship with like a laser focus. Here's the thing about a lazy person. Lazy people get things done because they want to have time to do nothing. Mm -hmm. And so I I always say, if you need something done, give it to a lazy person. They'll get it done quicker and faster than anyone else. I wouldn't (laughs) call that lazy. I would call that preservation of self-care space. There we go. (laughs) A reframe. What is one thing you are really looking forward to right now? Um, I'm working on my next book. Number 28. Number 28. uh, It's about a spiritualist in the 1800s who was committed to an insane asylum twice by her husband for her beliefs in spiritualism. And um, I'm looking forward to getting the book proposal done and pitching it to some publishers. What is one thing you are deeply grateful for right now? My husband. What book is on your nightstand? Uh, it's the, the book is never on my nightstand. It goes with me from room to room. (laughs) (laughs) What book goes with you from room to room? Well, right now I just started reading another book. I think it's called the, it's a fiction book. It's called the lighthouse keeper's daughter. I think that's the title of it. I just Mm. started it. I got to read some fiction. I miss my fiction books. I read I so much for the podcast and so much is non, it's all nonfiction. It's all so. nonfiction. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm a nonfiction writer, so I love reading nonfiction as well. But fiction is just that escape. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite spiritual or healing practice? Doing demonstrations of mediumship. What is the most transformative experience of your life? Oh, there, you know, there are so many narrowing it down to the most, I I guess the most is, is being called to be a medium. Well, and what I thought was interesting, that's, that's the end of the speed round. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, What I thought was so interesting in your, in the book was that you talked about, you don't do actually individual sessions. You do only demonstrations. Yes. Why do you do that? Why did you choose that to be the way in which you express this? Right. I've done, yeah, I've done tons of private sittings and um, I, I like them, but that's not where I feel called Mm -hmm. Uh, in my genealogy career. I'm a speaker and lecturer and I'm very comfortable and love being in front of the audience. And, you know, we talked about ego. You have to have some ego to do this work. You have to. If you have absolutely no ego, you can't do it because you can't, you won't have the confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. And so I love being in front of an audience. I love entertaining and I love as a demonstrating medium, um, giving people evidence that there is something more mm-hmm. than this world. And I can reach more people right. in a demonstration than I can in a private sitting. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the the desire to bring this to more people and to show more people that, that life goes on and that there is this beautiful way to connect to the people that we've lost. I think it gives people exactly. so much hope. It gives people hope 
that they will continue on, but it gives people hope that their loved ones who have passed mm-hmm. have continued on and they're there together in the spirit world. I know we worry today so much. We've got children dying from mass shootings. We've got people dying and whatever. The spirit world knows when somebody is ready to transition. And there are always family and friends to meet people. Even children, when they cross over, even if their grandparents are still here in the physical world, they have great grandparents, they have great aunts and uncles. And if we believe the soul is continuous, it didn't start with this life. It started long before this life and they knew people in the spirit world long we knew people in the spirit world long before we came to this physical world so there are always loved ones family and friends to greet people when they cross over no one ever dies alone so i just wanted to add that thank you and thanks so much for your time and your wisdom and and truly the inspiration i think that you bring to people who want to if they're curious or at a later stage in life and want to pursue something new, I mean, it's really, it's really a beautiful thing that you've been able to do for yourself because you were passionate about it. Thank you. Yes, I am. And thank you so much for having me. Amy. Absolutely. And Sharon. You can buy midlife medium on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Perfect. And all of this will also be in my show notes. So oh, everybody good. will be able to find all the information about you on my website and they can link to to everything that you've talked about. So Sharon, thank you so much. Thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.